You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys this Thursday. I love it. Got three episodes in this week. I want this to be kind of the new routine where it's like a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday type thing. I know we have a routine for the season when we do four episodes a week, but there's just it's too exciting (laughs) there's way too much stuff going on with press conferences otas uh we still got a rookie breakdown series going strong and that's what we're going to be picking up with today this is a player like it's so fun whenever you you dive into different draft prospects before the draft right Uh, like all right I, i did 105 full written evaluations where i watched at least three game films on every single player right so that's 105 of those guys and you you start diving in you do the research you figure out their families their majors all these different things and you you build like it's a one sided relationship with these things and you, half of you're not going to pick any of them and then the 49ers go through their draft process and then it's like oh these are the guys we get to talk about and so you want to do your due diligence and dive in. And today we got Jalen Moore, who is unique, uh, to say nothing less. Now he's a fifth-round draft choice. So what does that mean? Okay, he's a day-three guy that is a transition piece because he played all of his snaps at left tackle, but that's not what he's going to play for the 49ers. He's going to be playing that guard spot and a backup developmental guard at that. So we're going to dive into a lot of the film um analytics you know stats all those things scheme fit what it looks like for him how he fits long term short term all that so that's going to be the meat of today's episode but we got a lot more it's not just that 
we had the wonderful opportunity to hear from our new defensive coordinator and uh, D'Amico Ryans, who uh, very, very high on, very, very high on. And how do you be high on somebody that you've never called defense before? It's never been around. Well, you have to look at the kind of trail that led D'Amico Ryans here. Because the truth of the matter is this, Kyle Shanahan, this is a Kyle Shanahan hire. This is a Kyle Shanahan appointee. This is a Kyle Shanahan promotion. This is Kyle Shanahan written all over it. This is his team. It has been. But he coached with D'Amico. Uh, he coached him whenever he was at Houston. He didn't coach with him. He coached him as a player. And he chose to bring him in. Now, the Houston Texans tried to pry D'Amico away from the 49ers twice. Not once, but twice. And both times, Kyle Shanahan, which he's notorious, doing his Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> you don't steal my staff, baby. That is not allowed. And so we got our first opportunity to hear from him in the press conferences yesterday. So we got some of those clips. Shout out to Juan Salas, as always, the man behind the scenes, magical cut-up man himself. He is incredible. So I want to say thank you to him for these clips. So... Here is the first thing that stood out to me, and probably one of the most questions I get. How is this 49ers defense going to be different under D'Amico Ryans than it was Robert Sala? Well, that question was asked. Here's D'Amico himself. For me, right, I am my own person. Sala has taught me a lot. You know, he's taught me, probably one of the coaches who's taught me the most footballs that I've been around. And you know, he's been very integral to my development as a coach and and I can't thank him enough for all the things that he's instilled in me. And uh, so there will be some of the similar, you know, scheme uh, things that we've done in the past where you will see some similarities there. But, uh, but you will see some wrinkles. You will see some wrinkles. You will, will see my brand of football on it, like I t talked about earlier. Like I want to be known as a attacking uh, defensive line. Our D-line is going to attack. Our linebackers and secondary, they're going to play with base fundamentals. We're going to play off our defensive line. We're going to let our D-line just get off the ball and attack, and we're going to clean up things behind them. But we will be a more, I feel like, aggressive attacking defense. And he kept – it's coach speak. <laughs> I've been a defensive coach. I've been around defensive coaches. It's always attack, aggressive, physical, like, oh, this is what we are. So – you want to take from this, okay, you like the mentality, you like what's coming across. But is there anything that we can kind of take away from this besides continuity? I don't think that there is. I'm excited to see the differences. Robert Solo is one of the least blitzing coaches in the NFL his first uh, three years with the 49ers. Now, last year, he had to manufacture a lot of blitzes to get pressure because we had so many injuries on the defensive line. And you, you could hear him say right there, Starts at the D-line. That's where it starts. That has been the philosophy of this team since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan arrived. That is going to continue. And you can see that in the offseason with bringing in all the players, you know, Sam Bakum and all those different things. So we like all those things. So that's good. Now, the next question that stood out to me, which I thought was interesting, is they said, hey, D'Amico, it's early, it's OTAs. Who are some of the players that are kind of showing out who, who who's coming up and the names that he started with i was a little shocked by this one and this is good news for 49ers fans yeah i think i think you talk about young players right who are on the verge of breaking out and i look at a young guy like kevin gibbons and the way he's been working it's it's been outstanding to see him work 
Uh, he's getting better and better each day. I mentioned Ken Law earlier. He's another player, his second-year player, who's going to take a huge jump for us. Um, when you look at another young player, I still see a young player. You talk about Dre Greenlaw and just how he's developed and he's gotten better throughout these OTAs. It's just I'm fired up to see, you know, his growth this year. So those, those are three of the young guys that I, that I see taking a huge jump this next year. And uh, we have a lot of guys who are very vital to our defense when it comes to comes to Bosa, when it comes to Fred, Jason Verrett, Jimmy Ward, you know, three guys who are very vital, important to our defense, Eric Armstead, you know, guys who have been here, leaders who will help guide this defense. You know, this defense is theirs, and I'm just here to help them go out and perform, to perform as good as they possibly can. And Kevin Givens, that – here, here's the good and the bad news, okay? Kevin Givens, there's so much we can talk about here. One, he had the issue, you know, with the assault charges in the offseason. Now, it's not domestic assault, so understand that. He got a beef with another man, and some things went wrong, whatever else. That hasn't been settled yet, but that's problematic. And so he kind of disappeared since that. So it's wonderful to get some type of positive news from this. If you remember, Kevin Givens was playing starter-level snaps, starter quality level snaps at the end of the season. He, he was one of the best interior defensive linemen we had, if not the best, ahead of DJ Jones, ahead of a lot of other really good interior guys. So we were almost like penciling, all right, is Kevin Givens going to be one of those guys that's a little bit on the outs? You bring in Zach Kerr, uh, you bring back DJ Jones, obviously you got Kinlaw, like there's lots of guys there kind of log jammed on the inside. Nope. It's... All of this iron sharpens iron, right? You're getting more and more depth at these positions interior. This is great news. This is great news. Uh, you love to hear those things. Obviously, you brought up Dre Greenlaw, president, self-appointed of the Dre Greenlaw Foundation fan club. You, you know, I'm all about it. So I, I consider Dre Greenlaw already a top 10 linebacker and the best tackling linebacker in the NFL day one. Day one. Uh, that's where he is. He's already there. Um, Michael, what's up, man? He says, can't wait to see you in Philly. Got my tickets and I'm excited. I love it, Michael. And here's what I got to say. The 49ers rush road trip, a uh, little organic plug there. Check that out. Uh, stepping up my broadcasting game. Man, come party with us, guys. Uh, if you haven't bought tickets yet, I know most of you guys already have, and I'm appreciative of that. We've got parties set up in three different locations on these away games the night before the game. Come party with us. We're live broadcast. Uh, lots of other podcasts going to be joining us as well. Uh, people like Eric Crocker, Jason Aponte, going to just be having a lot of fun together. Um, you're renting out some bars slash establishment. We're just going to have a party. Giveaways, all those different things there. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Head there now. Check it out. And even if you're, you know... We got comped hotels. Good Lord. We're saving so much money. Tickets are $25 a piece um, to go to the party the night before. Kind of a broadcast pep rally type thing. That's there for you. And also, man, you know, we just gave away a Nick Bosa jersey. Now we've got another fun one. And this one, here we go. I This makes me so happy on so many levels. One, autographed jersey from a Patreon subscriber. This community is so supportive. Check this out. That is an Alden Smith signed with authentication on there jersey. It's incredible. And I get it. 
Alden Smith, you know, up and down. He has the second. He has the most sacks ever in his first two seasons in the NFL history. He's ahead of Reggie White. He's ahead of Derek Thomas. He's ahead of Von Miller. And we don't make it to the Super Bowl without him. Now I understand his <laughs> everything's kind of gone haywire for him. But man, as a history guy, whenever I hear Alden Smith, the first place I go to is, wow, he was incredible. That was insane. He helped put us back on the map. Then it goes to, man, I hate what happened to him in his career. And that's an okay pro progression. This is a wonderful, wonderful gift uh, to whoever's going to get it. Here's how you get it. So simple. Follow us on Instagram. That's it. That's all you got to do. Follow us on Instagram, 49ers Rush Podcast. Head over there. Follow us. Uh, we're trying to get a lot more listeners over there and a lot more subscriber followers, I guess is what it's called on Instagram, because that's going to help us get a lot more interaction with guests and whatnot. Um, so help us out. That's the best way to help the pod. You know, one Patreon, patreon.com, all the you know breakdowns you'll see, you can get those on there. I just got through doing a breakdown this morning on everybody's favorite undrafted free agent, Austin Watkins, did a 40-minute breakdown on him. That's available for you now. But uh, so patreon.com, that's a great way to support us. Also, follow us on all our social medias. Uh, that, that's, that's another great area to jump in and help us out. 49ers Rush Podcast on Instagram. Head over there. That's where that's at. And get that signed jersey, man. Why not? How awesome is this? You get a free autographed jersey that you can put on your wall or give to your son or whatever. And that thing just looks fire. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, anyway. Now, one other thing that I want to get to from the press conferences yesterday, and this was probably my favorite sound clip, and that was Jason Verrett, who, guess what, guys? This is our number one corner, and the organization is making a statement. It, it was always Sherman. It was always Sherman was the guy that would always talk for the media from that position group. Not any longer. Jason Fred. Somebody asked him, man, how are you feeling health-wise, injury, all those things? Listen to the statement Jason Verrett made. Oh, let it ring true, baby. Yeah, uh, I don't want to deal with any more uh, injury questions. Uh, that's in the past now. You know, I finished the season out healthy, um, going into this season healthy, and uh, looking to, you know, play lights out football for this team and uh, win some games. Simple. To the point. I don't want any more of that. That's in the past. I played the whole season healthy. Let's move on. These questions aren't helping. I'm looking forward. That's what we got. Oh, I love it. And there's always going to be people, and I can see some of the comments, unfortunately, in here. And man, let me just brag on you guys for a second. You know, I posted on Twitter the giveaway of Alden Smith, and I knew some people would be throwing some stuff out there, and that's okay. Man, I'm, I'm a jokester. Like, <laughs> I, I think you make a joke about anything. Like, I believe that. But, man, no negativity. Like, people can come out there at Alden Smith and be very negative. I get that. There's no, That happens a lot in social media. But, no, not my community, not our community. We are building something that is, you know, healthy. <laughs> social media can be so destructive. And, man, whether it's on Instagram, Discord, which we have our new Discord channel up uh, just as of a week ago. We already have over 100 of you guys and girls joined our discord channel and it's awesome we've, we've got places to talk nba basketball if you want to fantasy football you want to talk nfl you want to talk random stuff we have places for all of those things and if you don't want to talk those things you don't see it 
It's awesome. So if you want to join our Discord, just go to the uh, description of this video. You'll see the link there. Just click it. If you've never done Discord before, okay? I was one of those people. I never did Discord before I got pressured into starting this channel uh, for for everybody. It's awesome. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. It is so refreshing um, and very user-friendly. It just takes a little bit of time. We have videos up on there. Go check it out. Over 100 people already in our community, and that thing is growing like wildfire. I love it. I love it. Now, a couple quick questions that I wanted to get to. This one comes from Kyle. Uh, he emailed me, and he said, look, my first question is about Patrick Willis. You want me to talk about your question? You bring up a linebacker, the 49ers history. Oh, I'm totally in. He says this, during his prime, I was pretty young and always ball watching. I still ball watch. Uh, yeah, don't watch the ball when you're watching film. Don't watch the ball. Uh, don't do it. Unless you're watching the quarterback, then that's okay. Um, I understand he was pretty awesome in the running game, but could you describe how he affected the passing game? Patrick Willis was different, um, and he was kind of one of the very first of these new age linebackers, and you can go to his retirement. The reason why Patrick Willis hung it up early in his press conference, he said, look, my feet, my feet, they, they hurt, and I, I can't run like I want to run. And that was one of the things that separated him from a lot of other running or linebackers in that age. And there are a lot of good linebackers, no doubt about it. He was one of the fastest. And, you know, now we have guys like Devin Bush, that, you know, Devin White that run these like four threes and all those things. He was them two decades before. And he was better. <laughs> I mean, just absolute. Like, if you go back to his, and I hate to do this because and I know it's not like whatever, but if you would look at like his Madden rankings, like speed, awareness, ball skills, tackling, fumble recovery, pass rush, every single one of them was nine, 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 well, 99 or whatever you want to say. Like, and he was that dang good. And he never had a bad game. You know, Navarro Bowman kind of came up and. Patrick Willis came in the league as the best linebacker, stayed the best linebacker his whole time. Navarro Bowman took a couple years where he was just average, took a couple years, and I would say, you know, if you get to peak Navarro Bowman right before that damn injury, oh, man, ugh, make me mad just thinking about it. You Seattle, um, those refs, too. That was the worst call ever. But I would argue Navarro Bowman at the peak of his career – was higher than Patrick Willis. The difference was Patrick Willis came in at a high level, stayed at a high level, left at a high level. Whereas you almost see kind of the, you know, the curve that takes place with Navarro Bowman's play. And at the peak of Navarro Bowman's curve, I would say he was slightly better than Patrick Willis. But you only have a good year and a half, two years of that elite Navarro Bowman play but yeah, it changed everything because personnel groups are huge. And this leads into Kyle's next question. Um, he says this. Lastly, I want to understand football better. I get so many of these emails. And it's beautiful that you guys think I can help you out. And I, I want to do a better job at this. He says, I want to understand football better. More advanced. Understanding terminology, coverage formation schemes, all those. Do you know what avenues I can seek further uh, to further... It you know, understand my football knowledge and expand that. Well, guess what? I got something working today. You guys are going to have to wait a couple days to get it. But I reached out to who I thought was the best teacher of tape, um, a guy that coaches coaches. 
And so I dug back into my old coaching realms and all those circles and all those things. And I went and found somebody that is a pretty expensive guy knows what he's talking about. But I'm going to be bringing something to you guys. I don't want to, I just want to tease it a little bit, but I want you to understand I hear you and I get it. And a whole thing about this podcast is to create a more informed listener and community so that you can enjoy the games more. That's what it is. You ever sit down and watch a football game with somebody that doesn't know what's going on and they all asking questions and they're like kind of confused and frustrated. And then once they start to get the hang of it, then they start cheering with you and all that stuff. That's what we're trying to do. And again, like, please understand this. As a person who's done, man, I think this is like episode 390. We're getting close to 400. We're going to have to do another big giveaway. Um, I coached, you know, <laughs> for a long time at the high school level and all these things. I still learn. Like, everybody still learns. Kyle Shanahan still learns. So no matter where you are, elevate that understanding, and it rewards you by understanding what's going on with the game. And so, so that's what that is, and that's what we're going to try to do there. Okay, so stay tuned for that. I, I got a lot of stuff coming for you in this realm. It's the off season. We got some time. I'm gonna bring that to you. Um, so uh, understand, we're go we're gonna be learning, baby. <laughs> we're gonna be learning. So uh, let's jump in now. Let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about our boy. Who is Jalen Moore? I'm so excited for what he brings to this table. And this is like, man, how? how let me let me think how to to like set the stage for this this is a nest egg that's who Jalen Moore is he's somebody that you set aside and you don't open till Christmas that's what he is he's a present waiting under the tree that the 49ers have this wonderful absolutely advantageous roster setting that says you know what we can set aside this little nest egg until we need him and when we need to in case of emergency break glass he's gonna shine I really do think that is. So uh, this first clip, Jalen Moore, who is he, and what do the 49ers get with him? Big dude, you know, 6'4", 6'5", uh, right in between there, 311 pounds. But you'll see on this first play, his arms slash wingspan and hands, those are his assets. You look at the metrics all the way across the board, yeah, not very mobile, not a super strong guy. Uh, 27 bench press reps, pretty solid. I mean, that's average. But the length in the arms and hands, he's got 11-inch hands. This dude, he, he's got the biggest hands almost in the NFL. And you can just see the nastiness that he brings to the game. And you can see him here. He's on the left side, kind of cut off here. But you can just see the stickiness that applies to his game consistently. Now, where is he going to play for us? Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan said he wants him as a guard, and I, I think, you know, that's where the upside is going to be for him. Let's back it up and watch this play again. But with Jalen Moore, what he brings, developmental guard. This is a guy who came into college. He was a tight end in high school. So bigger athletic guy, added a lot of weight. Came in as a defensive lineman, played defensive line his freshman year, then switched after his redshirt year was over to offensive tackle. And what did he do since then? Oh, just three straight years without missing his start. Over 2,200 snaps at the left tackle position. 2,200 snaps? This dude played for a minute. And, you know, again, I went through all the metrics and all those things. 6'4", 3'11". This is a bigger guard than what we're used to. And we saw this with Aaron Banks as well. They're bulking up, guys. 
the the undersized you know shanahan move linemen and all those things that's not really the thing anymore this guy runs a 525 he's not high mobile he's not daniel brunskill out there that's not what he is this is a mover this is a big dude three-year starter now the good thing is this whenever you look about whenever you look at like his statistics whether it's pff grades or whatever it's zone it's zone based guy only He's not a road grader. And so, you know, in my film work watching him, like I say, like he's a neutralizer. Um, he runs with guys. He's not somebody that's going to blow the defensive tackle, you know, five yards off the line of scrimmage. Kyle Shanahan doesn't value that. Um, there's not a lot of zone guys that can do that. Trent Williams, he's the unicorn, okay? Trent Williams doesn't make sense. You look at Mike McGlinchey, Right, he's he's as good a run blocker as there is at the tackle position in the NFL. He's not blowing guys off the line of scrimmage. That's not what you want in the zone game, right? So he's a perfect zone fit guy, but a little bit bigger than usually what Kyle Shanahan goes after with his lineman. Just a little bit more size, and he could add some more as well. There, there's no doubt. You know, you look at kind of what he did. He was a tight end in high school. He averaged 17 points in basketball. Again, another baller. Almost every single guy the 49ers drafted, multi-sport guy, big-time basketball player. I think Trey Sermon. I, I didn't find any Trey Sermon background on basketball, but I don't think he was a baller. Outside of that, I think every single person that the 49ers drafted, including Aaron Banks, were ballers. Now, here is Jalen Moore himself when asked. I, I love that he, he doesn't have the personality that pops off in his very first press conference, but man, he gets to the point quick. Here's Jalen Moore on what he wants, what they want him to do. Um, outside zone, inside zone, it's pretty much what I know how to do best. And I feel like I fit in perfectly. He's awesome. Just, just so like, all right, outside zone, inside zone. That's what I do. I fit in. Done. Let me off the stage. And that's kind of how his whole press conference went. It's funny because, you know, I watch all these press conferences every time, and sometimes they get boring. But, man, like, you see who they are. You see who they are. And most people aren't good in front of a camera. Like, again, you know, I, I teach high school and all these things. Public speaking is the number one fear. Not heights, not clowns, not whatever. It's public speaking. Some people struggle at that. That's what it is. But I love how he conveyed, look, I do what you guys want. That's pretty much it. Like, it's simple. Just plug and play. Uh, <laughs> that's who I am. And it shows on film. You watch him with the outside zone, which is the Kyle Shanahan number one staple. Okay? Um, and here we go again. This is another clip from... The film breakdown. Uh, so if you are one of the people, you know, listening traditional podcast methods, that's awesome. Uh, hopefully I do a well enough job explaining what we're seeing on film. But if not, check out the YouTube or Patreon if you want the full breakdown. That's the best place for it. But here's him in an outside zone and just why it's so easy to see how he's going to have success in the Shanahan offense. Zone play. Ooh, that is good stuff right there, baby. First step just comes off. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. 
It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can see it over and over again. Lateral movement, body up, and then move out wide. And so what you want here with your tackle, you want to widen him out as far as you can because that increases, as space increases between these two guys, the holes increase. Now, the center didn't do his job, but yeah, I mean, you put that defensive end on skates. I mean, look where they engaged right here at midfield, right on the X. Look where he ends up. Yeah, way outside the hashes. Running back cut it inside, but and he did his job very well. I mean, it just it's so simple to see how he translates. And again, the blocking scheme was so similar uh, from an old line perspective. Now the gameplay, all the backs, motions, that's not there like you saw with North Dakota State and Trey Lance. But the scheme's there. And this kid was recruited as a defensive lineman. So you get a little bit of the mentality and the makeup and the physicality. Switch the offensive tackle after his redshirt freshman year. Now, what is the thing, again, whenever you, you scout these players, you say a couple things. Number one, okay, what's going to make him be successful? Number two, what's going to cause him to be a bust? The thing that's going to make him successful and something that he does as well of as, if not better than most offensive tackles in this class. Now, keep in mind, fifth-round pick, okay? You, you don't compare him to Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. You do that, you're going to have a hard time because, again, this guy was selected 200 picks after those guys. So just keep that in mind. But an elite first step. His first step is on par with a lot of the top tackles in this draft class. He gets there quick. And in the zone system, a lot of times at the tackle spot, you'll line up. You're the last guy on the line of scrimmage. If George Kittle or Duct Tape Dwelly or whomever's not next to you, you'll have an outside defensive end and a five technique, okay? Five tech literally means outside shade of the tackle. And so an outside zone, again, talking from his college tape, okay? So he's playing left tackle. He's got a defensive end on the outside. That first step, you have to cross the hat. That's the key. You got to cross the hat of the defensive end, which means you got to reach him before that. Again, defensive ends are always more athletic than tackles, except if your name's Trent Williams again. You got to cross his face before he gets upfield. He would do this on the regular. And so the fact that he could do that at a tackle spot, now you're going to move him into guard where it's even easier. Still going to have that outside shade, whether inside, you know, a two eye or outside a three shade. 
that's where he's going to be able to do those things. He gets there in a hurry. Next thing that stands out whenever you just look at metrics, huge hands. He's got 11-inch hands. He's got some of the biggest hands in the NFL. This dude's a freak. Um, so those are the things that do well. Okay, now why is he playing guard? If all these things I just said, why is he playing guard? Well, here's why. His footwork is consistently an issue. Very narrow foot base. Um, and it's a, it's a problem because once you get narrow, you lose power and you can't adjust. You got to keep your feet wide. You got to keep your a wide base. That's where the strength is. That's where your stability is, all those things. He crosses his feet over a lot. And so whenever he's trying to get into that kick slide from the tackle position, and hip flexibility is an issue too. You just see, like a lot of times I kind of cringed watching his film and just like, ooh, this is not an offensive tackle. As a guard, you don't have to kick slide. You don't do that at all. You literally take the worst part about his game, you pick it up, you throw it in the trash, and you say, guess what? We're just never going to work on that because you don't have to. So uh, here's a clip. And again, could he play tackle? Yeah, emergency situation. If you remember back, Mike McGlinchey, his very first start in the NFL, he played right guard. <laughs> he came in at right tackle, and then he had to transition to guard because we had like three injuries in a row that first game. Stop me if you've heard this story before. Uh, but anyway, he could he could play guard if, or tackle if you needed him to, but that's not the plan ever. Here's a clip that shows. Watch his footwork here, okay? Because this is when you're watching and you're just like, he's in the wrong position. He's in the wrong position. And so, again, another one of those versatility guys. You can see him here. Uh, footwork, he plays a little high at times. And a big reason why I think he's making this transition to guard is because his kick slide is it's, – it's all right. It's really not bad. He could play tackle in a pinch, but he gets so narrow and so, like, up and down. You don't cross your feet over like this ever. And, you know, this is going against Toledo. You can do that thing at the those types of things at the lower level, but where he wins is upper bodies, arms locking on. He doesn't let people go, and so once he gets those big old paws on you again, eleven inch hands is just it's nuts. Um, he holds on to him and very very good with his hands. He's not one of those guys that's going to punch really. Um, he's going to lock up and stalemate. So you see the, the positive and negatives on one play. Uh, you know, you see some offensive linemen where they have great initial contact and then there's separation and then they lose. They're not sticky. Uh, you know, again, Velcro. Like, these are the types of things, whatever. I'm doing my notes and I'm watching a player. Like, man, I kept locked on. Sticky. Velcro. Doesn't let go. Sticks to the hip. Like, all these things I kept typing in my, my draft report because he doesn't let go. Whenever you see a guy that has 11-inch hands, big old mitts, <laughs> you want him to use them. Just because he has them doesn't mean it's going to benefit him, but that's the best part of his game. His first step, and he locks on. You're not going to see – I didn't see any holding calls in the games I watched. He locks on with the best of them. Um, and once he gets a hold of them, he does not let go. Very, very sticky. Now, he does play high too often. But he does get great movement on the inside. So combo blocks to the inside. What a combo block is, is when the guard and the tackle, it could be a center and a guard, but for this example, you'll have a guard and a tackle work one guy. And it's a double team block. And then depending on where the location of the run is, whoever has the leverage will move on to the second level and try to get to the linebacker. He graded out so positively in these, uh, just repeatedly. So this is going to show you 
Jalen Moore and combo blocks. 49ers do this a lot. This is a little bit of the inside zone. Okay, outside zone stretches horizontally across the line of scrimmage. Inside zone stretches vertically. Basically, you get create a tunnel or a gap for the running back to run through. And that's where these combo blocks and all these things come to play. And that's what you're going to see here. Again, you, you kind of constantly keep reminding myself there's a fifth round developmental guard. <laughs> He's a project. And that's coming across in the film. Ooh, nice combo block. Get on top of a baby. I like this. Watch Jalen Moore right here. Awesome combo block. You got two on one here. And your job is to get us to the point where you can reach out and get to that next level. Pass him off the tackle to your buddy. And now it's time to take care of this guy. He just slides under. Yep, you're you're done right there, buddy. Sorry, 31. You you ain't getting back out. <laughs> A nice little shove at the end there. Look at him. <laughs> one more time. Stays with it and then just gives him this nice little shove. Yeah. I got you that one. Anytime you turn the defensive end into a folding chair and you like put them away in the trunk like that's that's basically what he just did to you know this this, this guy that's playing against him it's awesome you love to see it because these things translate and yeah he was at a tackle there doesn't matter it's the exact same formula scheme whatever else at the guard position now he's going to be going against some bigger guys but strength was never an issue with him that's not an issue and so that's kind of the issue. That, that's what you see there. Now, he's very heavy-footed, okay, but had great success with zone blocks. So you look at the metrics, right, 5'2", five, 5'40", five, all right, 10-yard split. You're like, all right, nothing's too great there. But then you're like, well, wait a second. Let's see the film. Film shows he can do it repeatedly. So, again, why did he fall? This is why. He needs to sit for a while. He needs to see where he's going to have success at the next level. See what that looks like. And he's allowed to cultivate because of the 49ers roster. Here's the thing. I don't even think he's the first player off the bench if there's an injury that takes place at the guard. I think Daniel Brunskill is going to back up both guards and the center position. So if anybody goes down there, I think the only way that Jalen Moore sees the field this year is if there are two interior offensive lineman injuries. Because Daniel Brunskill's going one. I think Jalen Moore or Colton McKivitz, I'm hoping they push McKivitz back to tackle where I think he's going to be graded higher. But that's kind of where that is. And so I like it. Again, tight end in high school. This, this guy's an athlete. He's just in a huge body. And when John Lynch was asked about him, th this is what he had to say. It, it, I think some of the highest praise in the post-draft press conference went for Trey Lance, Jalen Moore, and Elijah Mitchell, uh, which we'll be doing an entire Elijah Mitchell episode down the road here. But here's John Lynch on Jalen Moore. Indicative of that, like, uh, you know, Jalen Jalen Moore, our, our first pick in the fifth, I, our intention wasn't to take a guard. It was that he, he really was the guy that we had uh, that the highest grade on. And, and uh, we don't just purely go by grades. We go by how, how people feel in that room and how convicted we all are. And uh, we felt great conviction there. So I think at this point we weren't married to uh, certain positions. In some cases, yeah, you have a need. You, you got to try to fill it. But we just, we just kind of, I think, uh, Jalen uh, – Elijah probably uh, fit into that category where they were the best players right there at that point. And, and uh, you know, and, and when you can do both, which I think we did with Lenore and uh, Hufanga, then it, then it really lines up. 
I talk a lot about what the 49ers' plans are philosophy-wise with the NFL draft and free agency and all those things. And now we have these these years on top of years on top of years. And you could totally see what it is that they're trying to do. They believe in going after need early, okay? Um, again, I think last year, the 2020 draft was the most conclusive to, to look at this. Oh, you lost to Forrest Buckner? Okay, you draft Ken Law first round. Oh, you lost Emmanuel Sanders? Okay, you draft Ayuk first round. Oh, you lost uh, Joe Staley, right? He retired. Guess what? You trade for Trent Williams. You go after those spots, okay? We go to this year. Well, we need better quarterback play. Let's go get Trey Lance as aggressive as possible. Okay, we're in the second round. Still need a guard. You get a guard. But later in the draft, days, uh, late day two, uh, not even late day two, second and third rounds, they're still need-based. Once you get to day three, though, that changes for the 49ers and a lot of NFL teams. You plug your holes, you get your starters, and then after that, once you get day three, look, I understand we already drafted a guard. This is the highest-rated player on our board. Let's go get him again. Hey, I understand you already drafted a running back. We traded up for a running back, Trey Sermon. Well, guess what? Highest player on our board, yeah, go get him, Elijah Mitchell. Short month later, you've already got one running back injury. Looks like that's going to pan out very, very well. So whenever you compare this best player available, right, BPA, that's what people always want to say, you don't want to go just best player available. That gets you in trouble. And I've said this before. You look at the Packers, that's what they do. <laughs> they go get a quarterback, a fullback, and a running back. Not one of them played any meaningful snaps, and they lost the NFC Championship. They could have got one player that would have helped them. Um, and it's kind of where they are. Now back to Jalen Moore. You look at his snaps. They're nuts, man. Um, kind of where he is. So in 2020, he allowed three sacks, two quarterback hits, one hurry. 2019, two sacks, two quarterback hits, six hurries. 2018, two sacks, two quarterback hits, eight pressures. And the thing that I want to take away from that is this. He was played out of position. I think at college, I think he was fine at tackle. His life's going to get a lot easier whenever he goes to guard. Over 2,200 snaps, 2,263 snaps at left tackle. My player comps, whenever you just look at the metrics and kind of everything, these are the players that came to mind. Elton Jenkins, Robert Hunt, Taylor Moton. Taylor Moton, if you remember him, he was from Western Michigan as well. So it kind of fits those things. Like those are the types of players, these hybrid guys that can play multiple spots if you need them to. But if you put them at the spot where they're kind of designed to go, then you better watch out because here's the thing that came across the whole time I was talking about, you know, doing his film, he's well coached. A lot of advanced awareness things showed up in tape and just showed that he had some nuance to his game. And here's the last clip we're going to show today. I know you're sad. I'm sad too. Um, just to show how well coached Jalen Moore was. There's our combo block again, RPO. So he can't get upfield. helps again, collapse inside. Boom, hand on the hip again. You keep seeing that happen repeatedly. Let's you know this guy's coached. You know, th these are kind of finesse points, perfect hand placement. Now, on top of that, you, you, you set up your combo block. Now you're looking for a backer to fill, but you can't go get him. You got to stay at the line of scrimmage. So very patient right there. Very good. Positive play. Just so many, his hand placement on the hips, a collapsing point whenever you're doing a down block. That's huge. You teach that and you practice that a hundred times. Down block, blocking sled, 
where to put your hands at, all those things. RPO, you go downfield, and they pull in and throw the ball like they did on that play, yeah, that's a penalty. So it's just, man, so many just little bitty tiny nuances that show up whenever you watch the film and you're just like, wow, yeah, if he would have done this, that would have been a penalty. If he would have done this, he wouldn't have helped his team out as much. If he wouldn't have done this, he would have had to use more strength. But it just shows just kind of where he is. I like this kid. I, I think he's a lot of fun, and I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to bring to the team. But again, back to where we started. You got to wait till Christmas to open this present because it's not this year. And I understand that we traded a lot of draft capital to go get Trey Lance. I get that. I'm not saying that was right. I'm not saying it was wrong. It's just what it is. But you're already building your roster for the future. You drafted two corners, neither one of which is going to start. Ambry Thomas might push for it. But again, they're in reserves. They don't have to start. You drafted two running backs, neither which has to start. You drafted two guards, one will start. The second one doesn't have to. You're building up. You drafted a strong safety, doesn't need to start. You are building, your roster is deep. And again, you're in the NFC West. <laughs> the NFC West, we're different than everybody else. Um, that's just what it is. Like, we, we, don't, we have a deep roster. Other guys, you know, the Rams and Seahawks specifically, they're top heavy. And that's just kind of what they bring to the table. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, if you want to you want to win that jersey, autographed Alden Smith jersey, man, it's, it's crazy to me. Go back and watch some Alden Smith highlights. Dude was the best in the NFL when he showed up. <laughs> uh, his first two years, uh, all-time leader in sacks first two years ahead of Reggie White. That is crazy to me. Win this free autographed jersey. All you got to do is follow us on Instagram. 49ers Rush Podcast. Give us a little follow there. Helps us out. Helps the podcast out a lot. As always, uh, you can follow us on Patreon, all those things. Really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you for being here. And I got a lot more stuff coming for you. So uh, right after I'm done with this one, I've got a meeting with somebody else to try to help uh, put some new content out there for you guys on just understanding football concepts a little bit more. Uh, man, this is a full-time job, and I freaking love it. There is nothing else I would rather be doing with my time right now than spending it with you guys. So I just want to say thank you again. And as always, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.